0: to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. I have three particular topics that I want to bring up in this particular episode. Um, One of them is jab-related. Another one has to do with the latest episode of The Five Docs with Dr. Tenpenny and Dr. Pilevsky. They have an interesting conversation, I think, about sort of the mental and emotional breakdown of students. And they spend a a decent amount of time talking about education as well, but I just kind of want to make a few comments about some of the things that they said. And again, how I I agree with them, but they're also again talking a little bit, in particular Dr. Tenpenny's talking a little bit about how a lot of the behavior that's going on in school just shocks her and she doesn't seem to understand why it's all taking place. And I don't want to say she sounds out of touch, but this is not new. This is not a new thing and this is something that's been going on for quite some time. Uh, This first thing, however, has to do with Governor Ron DeSantis, and it has to do with requiring high schools now to observe victims of communism day. And this comes from the Epoch Times, so allow me to read this briefly, and then I'll just kind of make a few comments at the end here. It says the following, quote, DeSantis signs bill requiring high schools to observe Victims of Communism Day. It says Florida Republican Governor Ron DeSantis signed a bill Monday that requires Victims of Communism Day to be observed annually in public high schools across the state. The bill known as HB 395 requires public schools to tell students about genocides, famines, and persecutions under communist regimes including the communist, the Chinese Communist Party, CCP, and the Soviet Union. They could do us right now, frankly, but that's another story. It says uh, the bill passed the Florida House and Senate unanimously earlier this year. It says, quote, we want to make sure that every year folks in Florida, but particularly our students, will learn about the evils of communism, the dictator's that have led communist regimes and the hundreds of millions of individuals who suffered and continue to suffer under the weight of this discredited ideology, DeSantis said Monday morning. The victims of communism organization has established, or I'm sorry, has estimated that communist regimes have caused the deaths of at least 100 million people via political purges, religious persecution, mass starvation, and other crimes against humanity during the 20th century. Chief among those regimes is the CCP, which is believed to have left around 80 million Chinese people dead. It says, quote, Over 100 years have passed since the Bolshevik Revolution in Russia and the formation of the first communist government under Vladimir Lenin, leading to decades of oppression and violence under communist regimes throughout the world, the bill reads. The bill, the bill also notes, that based on the economic philosophies of Karl Marx, communism has proven incompatible with the ideals of liberty, prosperity, and dignity of human life, and has given rise to such infamous totalitarian dictators as Joseph Stalin, Vladimir Lenin, Mao Zedong, and Pol Pot. It is estimated. By some historians, that Mao's regime may have killed upwards of 80 million people between 1949 and his death in 1976 via the failures of the Great Leap Forward, triggered mass famine, the Cultural Revolution, various political purges, and other campaigns. Human rights groups and dissidents say that the CCP, which is officially atheist, are continuing Mao's legacy by persecuting groups including the Falun Gong. The Uyghurs and Christians. Last year DeSantis told the Epoch Times the CCP, the largest Communist Party in the world, should be held responsible for how it handled and exacerbated the COVID-19 pandemic. Early on in the pandemic, Western governments blindly followed the CCP's zero COVID approach to the virus, he argued. He said, quote, The West did a lot of damage to itself by adopting some of these policies which have proven not to work to stop the spread but to be very economically destructive, DeSantis said at the time, unquote. No kidding. You see, here's the thing with making a day like this, um, you know, within high school's school policy, so to speak, statewide. Anytime something like this rolls down that has a serious historic tone to it, there's, well, I'll put it this way. It's basically always going to be an opportunity lost. This is a massive opportunity to engage in day-to-day instruction within social studies and history classes on this subject. Making it a day opens the door, unfortunately, for there to be other days that might perpetuate historic lies. I, I would not like to see that whatsoever. Again, teaching, teaching about communism in American schools is something that should happen more often. It clearly is something that is not happening. We're seeing the exact opposite, as a matter of fact. We're seeing unknown or unknowledgeable, rather, school teachers and administrators adopt communist policies. Because if you think about, again, the design of a school, it's communist just in its design everybody's reading the same books you're traveling to the exact same classes you're listening to the same people and the vast majority tend to lean left so the irony is not lost on me here it it seems a bit it seems a bit odd to me um but like i said it opens up Endless opportunities for other quote unquote political days to take place that might not be a good thing. It would be better suited, I think, for this to just be a subject, again, that is interwoven within your standard history or social studies classes that is hopefully taught accurately. But again, as we know, if they're relying on American textbooks to deliver this information, then it's not going to be taught accurately. The other thing too is is how deep down that rabbit hole of communism are people really going to go? Are they going to arrive at the conclusion? Are they going to go so far down that they're going to start basically asking very critical questions, the who, what, where, when, why, and how? Are they going to be asking who funds communism? Who controls the money? Who pays for communists to do what they do? How is it that communism is still a thing in the world? See, people refer to Russia today as being a communist country. It is not It's the furthest from it's one of the most Christian white countries that exists, and the vast majority of the individuals there enjoy vladimir putin's um leadership i mean, that's That's a fact, and so it's going to create some serious debate within, within classrooms, which again, it's not, it's not healthy, I don't think. Uh, you will, however, again, have very knowledgeable students who know more than their teachers. And it's inevitable that that will lead to more conflict. So I understand the move here from a standpoint of wanting to make sure that people don't ignore communism. Because as I've said in the past, what do you hear about? All you hear about is Holocaust this, Hitler that. That's about it. As it turns out, the people who are responsible for the largest amount of death are the individuals who have provoked war. And the United States happens to be one of those countries. I mean, FDR again was a warmonger. Winston Churchill was a warmonger. That right there, what I just said, is an accurate depiction of history. But see, that's not what is delivered within within classrooms. They don't dive deep into the letters that these leaders of these countries, so to speak, wrote one another back and forth during wartime. I mean, the United States allied with Soviet Russia, with Stalin's Russia. So. Again, who is funding all of that? Where did all of the money come from? It's it's going to be interesting to see how this ultimately shakes out, because what it's going to do is is even though this is just a you know a, a particular day quote unquote, where I, like I said in the last episode, maybe the t-shirts come out and I don't know, I I don't know exactly what's going to happen. You know that there's going to be a leftist teacher who, who wears a hammer and sickle t-shirt because they're a commie, uh, you know, on this particular day to try to make a point because they're that far gone. But it's just going to further, I think, confuse students. And I understand that confusion is a part of a person's awakening. That has to happen too an individual, again, when you explain to them that they've been lied to in, in all of their classes, in particular science and history, and the things that they've seen on television or even some of the things that they've read on the internet, that much of that is not real. Um, that's going to be uncomfortable for them. So I'm not saying that people should shy away from the un- uncomfortable nature of arriving at the truth. What, what you don't want to do is just Make up a thing and then create conflict as a result of that thing that you've made up. That becomes really problematic. And again, I I, I don't know if I don't know if high schools uh, being required to observe a day, regardless of what day that is, is a good thing. As you know, I'm I'm critical of the public school system. I think it should collapse. I don't think it should exist. I think people should run away. That's the basis of this podcast for the most part, is, you know, to inform individuals about that and give them healthier solutions. But um I I don't know if this is going to help anything. You know, could it is it informative? Sure. But isn't that what a what a high school and middle school teacher should be doing anyway? Isn't that their job? Isn't it their job to teach all of their students about these individuals like stalin and lenin and so on and so forth i mean that's their job so you're creating a day to highlight what someone is already supposed to be doing i don't know it it seems beyond redundant to me but that's just my two cents on the issue uh i think it's i think it's a bit weird there is this part of it now regarding the latest episode of the Critically Thinking channel with the five docs, Dr. Tenpenny and Dr. Larry Pilevsky have an interesting conversation and they go back and forth and it's evident that they don't agree on everything. Um, Dr. Tenpenny believes that viruses are apparently real and variants are a thing and whatever else. And Pilevsky knows that that's not the case. In fact, he, he sort of chimes in at one point and he says, well, e- either way, he says, "I don't believe any of that, but either way, it's it's all the same ends as a result of the same means, which again is poison, and, uh, and and poison that has been injected into people." And frankly, I want to riff on that just a little bit here because it's worth it's worth bringing up and it's worth noting. It it, it in fact even piggybacks on something that Larry Pilevsky, Dr. Larry Pilevsky said a while back in a previous episode, but it's even something that I brought up previously, but it is worth revisiting. It has to do with this. When you hear this word variant, that there are variants, not only is that a lie, because again, these are the same liars that have told countless people countless things this entire time. But what a quote unquote variant really means is it's really your immune system trying to still get rid of whatever poison is inside of your body, again, whether you ate it, whether you drank it, whether you inhaled it, whether you injected it, whatever it may be, it's your immune system's way of saying, okay, you were you were sick earlier because you poisoned me, and then you felt better, and you thought that the poison was gone, but I'm your body, and I'm in charge, and I'm telling you that the poison is not gone, so now I'm going to try to get rid of the poison again. And then the person gets ill again, within a relatively short amount of time, without much layover, so to speak, of feeling okay. Because again, a person goes from feeling ill and sloughing off toxic cells to then feeling like they're 100% fine and then within a short amount of time they end up sick again and they're wondering why well that's because again the poison is still inside of the person's body again think of what people have referred to commonly as the common cold or the flu okay the the flu doesn't really exist as i've said it is the flu shot that's poison that's what gives people flu because most people, you ask them, okay, when was the last time you had flu-like symptoms? When was the last time that a person who doesn't inject themselves with anything has flu-like symptoms? And the answer, again, is next to zero. I mean, they, they, can't, they can't hardly remember. For me personally, my God, I, I, I don't remember the last time I was so weak I couldn't move and I was vomiting and, and whatever else. You know, those were the flu-like symptoms to where you can't even eat. You know, that that kind of stuff. That's not a common cold. You can still eat when you have a when you have what's referred to as a common cold. Again, your body is just getting rid of toxic cells. But what makes these shots different that people have taken, these quote unquote COVID vaccines, which again aren't aren't vaccines, is it tri- it, it it's hijacked your RNA. Which is essentially the light switch of your immune system, if not your entire body. It is the building block of your DNA, which of course makes up all of us. And when you hijack that light switch, again, a person injects themselves with this, it buries itself in their RNA. You don't get to decide when that light switch gets turned on and when it gets turned off. You don't get to decide now anymore. Regardless of how healthy a lifestyle you may have. If that light switch, that messenger RNA wants to turn itself on and release the spike proteins and make you feel ill because again, it's it's purposefully detecting poison in your body and now there has to be a chemical response to that. That's the problem with these shots is it turns on, you feel ill. And then it will turn itself off for a shorter period of time. And then it will turn itself back on again. And every time it does that, it's just destroying the body. So Dr. Tenpenny and Dr. Pilevsky bring up a very important point, which is this has a time lapse on it. These shots have a time lapse. Because again, you've heard me say in the past, again, that HIV isn't real. And I am in that camp i don't believe that that it's that, that HIV is a real thing. I believed it for a very long time. I've done a lot of listening, a lot of reading on the subject. It just flat out has to do with people putting poison in their body and then compromising their immune system and and destroying their own RNA as a result even let's pretend it does it, you know that that existed as an actual virus. The reason that your body didn't initially become ill if a person had quote-unquote HIV was because it's coated in spike proteins. And your body, again, recognizes spike proteins as being normal. So as a result, your body doesn't get ill. It just says, oh, there's spike proteins bouncing around, okay. But HIV and a compromised immune system has hijacked your RNA in your DNA which again still means there's a time lapse on its release and it runs the switch. It flips on the switch and turns the switch off at at will whenever it wants. Not us, not when we want it to, but when, when, when it wants to. Which again is why people are getting sick more and more over the last two years during the summertime, which is unheard of. That's not something that typically occurs, but for people who have a compromised immune system and their RNA is hijacked now as a result of these COVID shots, it decides when the switch gets turned on for you to become ill and try to get rid of any toxin, toxins that exist inside of your body. So I know I rambled a little there, but think about it from that standpoint. I hope that makes it sound a little a little simpler, maybe, as opposed to um, people looking around and saying, well, why aren't we stepping over bodies, and, and why, why aren't people just dropping dead, you know, this, that, and the other in front of us? Many are. I mean, many are, but we're not necessarily seeing it all of the time, and we're certainly not hearing about it all of the time and we can't rely on these media outlets to tell anybody the truth. Let alone doctors or nurses or hospitals, they're not going to do that either. So, that's just a particular angle that I wanted to mention again because again, that's that's how this is all operating. It's it's operating on a time release. The people who have taken these shots are going to become ill more often than they would have normally had they not have had these shots. The thing to keep in mind is that any shot is doing this to them now. The flu shots, quote unquote, are doing this to people and, and wrecking their RNA and immune systems. People should never take these ever again. And as I've said repeatedly, in particular on Gab, people need to be needleless families. They need to be needle free families. And this is a generational thing that has got to be taught to children. And this, too, is something that Dr. Tenpenny and Pilevsky bring up, which I I want to elaborate on here now. Pilevsky brings up a particular story. Well, Tenpenny kind of kicks it off and she starts talking about uh, students and what they're learning in school and how degenerate it is and XYZ. And she seems shocked about that, which is shocking to me, but because it's not new. And she says, this is, this seems just like a new thing. And I'm going, no, it's been around a long time. But Pilevsky brings up a story of a patient that he has. He's, he's healthy. He's successful. He's bright. He's unjabbed. And he's apparently made the decision because he's a roughly 18 years old to get the shots because he wants to go to this particular college they require the shots and he's tired of being and tired of being so he thinks the only man out or the odd man out in particular situations and he's just tired of the whole thing so he's just decided to sort of forfeit and take the shots people have got to understand that that is part of the psychological the purposeful psychological breakdown that that endless individuals the puppet masters want individuals to engage in they want to beat on you and beat on you and beat on you until there's nothing more that you can do and it's horrific without a doubt this person again this student whoever they are this teenager ha i mean they have to know the negative health ramifications of everything that's going on with this they have to know some of it even a taste of it should be enough to persuade someone to never do it but we've heard of these stories before we've heard of com- ca- you know countless stories of people being leaned on leaned on leaned on and then all of a sudden they're like all right i just got it just cuz i was tired of it you know there was a there was a lady who who you, who she was a massage therapist and i and i went to her a couple of times very nice and I'll never forget. She, she no longer works where she used to work, but she's double jabbed. And she looked at me, and she and I was afraid that that she had gotten the jabs because she seemed like a very holistic medicine kind of person. And I thought to myself, "There's no way that this person will get jabbed. There's just no way. They're very holistic medicine. They're into the you know the herbs and the oils and the this and the that. You know." Turns out they were double-jabbed, and they told me this. And then, of course, they described how they felt after the second shot, and I thought to myself, oh, no, this isn't good. And they continued, and they said this line that has stuck with me, and it really is alarming. And they said, because it makes zero sense, but it's a line that we've heard countless people say. And, the, and she said, she looked at me and she said, I just didn't want to live in fear. And that was her exact quote. Well, I just took the shots because I just didn't want to live in fear. And I'm saying to myself, I'm sitting here and I'm not living in fear. And I haven't been sick. And I haven't had the shots. So, again, false equivalency. Who's right and who's wrong? This too, all, it, it also, she also mentioned another thing, which was equally as horrific, I thought. She openly stated that her mom uh, warned her against it, told her to not do it. Her mother, her biological mother, told her to not do it, warn, warned against it. In fact, the more she was describing her mom and the things that her mom was saying, it sounds like her mom is 100% awake as to what's going on and researches and, and does all kinds of things and reads all the right things in all the right places. But she said her own mother warned her to not get it. And she got it anyway. And was, she was telling me that her mother was saying, well, now that you're around people, you're shedding on them. And, and you're, you're potentially making others ill as a result of being around them. And she kind of blew that off. But she still had an open mind. And again, I, I, was, I was just very perplexed. I thought for an individual who has an open mind, who carries themselves as being, again, a holistic kind of medicine person, you know, your body is a temple in XYZ, um, succumbed to the pressure and lined up and got two jabs. That's, that's not unique you know, uh, there are endless people experiencing that and just forfeiting. And that that right there cannot go unnoticed, I don't think. It, it's one of those things that really has to be wrestled with. And this is the sort of mental and emotional breakdown that's occurring with, in particular, the younger generation, the school-aged generation. It's alarming. I mean, if you think about growing up when, when we were younger. Again, I'm almost 41 years old, but if you think about anybody my age, uh, older than me, you know, and, and we thought that growing up was tough from time to time. You know, everybody has different circumstances, of course, and different environments and whatever else. But you know, there were times when, again, we were in school and we'd say to ourselves, man, this just sucks. This is just the worst. The school is terrible. The people are terrible. I hate coming here. You know, the the pressure this pressure that. It 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 pales in comparison to the pressure of today. Because again, I was in school before the internet. You know, there was no social media. There were there were chat boards that existed when the internet popped up uh eventually within within high school, but No one really got on these chat boards and did anything of of consequence. It was just a lot of cursing and just a lot of weird talk and whatever else. There was nothing really, again, there was nothing productive coming out of it. But now you have such an influx of information that it's easy for the propagandists to grab a hold of these children and these school-aged minors and just rip them out of their parents' arms if their parents are even paying attention half the time. And that too is something that Dr. Pilevsky and Dr. Tenpenny got into, which I again, it's it's worth bringing up, and it had to do with the generational impact of reproduction. If it's it's now been proven without a beyond a shadow of a doubt here that the shot recipients cannot reproduce, and that if they do, the child probably won't survive. So we're looking at what will what will essentially be a mass lack of reproduction among individuals who are jabbed. Many of them already know this. Some of them, and this is the sad part, some of them are jabbed, they know it, and they don't care. And they'll say, oh, you mean, I've had the jabs, I'm still alive, but now I can't have any kids. Well, whatever, I don't care. Because either they already have children or they never wanted them in the first place. Either situation, I think it's remarkably sad. That too is a whole nother discussion. Just the the mental, what would I call that? The mental forfeiting that is taking place, where individuals are just saying, whatever, whatever, if I die, I die, whatever and i'm saying to myself to some of these people again who are who who carry this mind frame you know you're married you have children you have a job uh you have a family that loves you do you not care about doing what you're supposed to do to live for them and you know they just mentally forfeit you know th- that too is 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 terrible i think but it shows again just the disintegration of mental capacity, I think, that's existing among countless people. And the culture is to blame for that, clearly. But from a reproductive standpoint regarding youth, they don't know what this has done to both men and women's reproductive organs and their ability to reproduce. There are countless jab recipients, again, that have no idea. They're in their late teens. They're in their 20s. Look at all these college students, for God's sakes. All of the college students who had to take these jabs just to get into college or a university, they actually think that they're going to leave, marry, be healthy, and have kids. And if you were to expose them to this lie, again, would they just mentally forfeit? Would they say, well, whatever, it is what it is, you know, bad things happen, whatever? You show them the papers, you show them the charts, you show them the studies what would their actual response be? Again, I've been over this before, but they'd probably just walk away. They'd probably just run away. You see, there's this thing, of course, that, well, I'll put it this way. We've all seen the individuals on the streets, you know, the independent media people and the new media individuals, you know, they'll walk around with a cell phone and they'll walk around the streets and they'll ask people questions. And they'll say, you know, they'll just walk up to people and say, hey, do you have a minute? Or they'll stand on the street corner and say, hey, do you have a minute to talk? And they'll ask them all kinds of questions. You know, I live on a university in a university town. Now I'm not going to do that, but don't think that the thought hasn't crossed my mind to stand somewhere uptown where students will congregate from time to time, albeit not many of them anymore because the enrollment here is in the pits, but walk around and ask them if they've had their shots. Just walk up to them if they're sitting down eating lunch and saying, hey, you know, I'm conducting a study. I want to introduce myself. I'm interested in asking you a few questions if you'd be okay with it. Some of them would be, and some of them would say no thanks, you know, politely and whatever else but the once i started getting into the crux of the issue and i started to ask them these questions did you know that shot recipients are not likely to be able to reproduce did you know that shot recipients are not likely to this that and the other you know there's no way to avoid it not looking like i'm scaring them to death on purpose and i wouldn't want to do that you know that's not that's not that's not my prerogative. I'm not interested in scaring people to death with the facts. I certainly don't want to do that. I don't want to make them barf up their lunch on me, let alone themselves, you know as I'm asking them questions and trying to get them to to sort of see the light and not even the error of their own ways. It's not even that. It's just are you aware this that this information exists? And if and if you're not aware, would you want to know more about this? You know, if I was to ask those kinds of questions, it would be I, I think it would be interesting to see what, what they would say. because um, I've played, of course, audio of the individuals who still wear masks, are double triple jabbed, and they think that they're the cat's pajamas. The problem is, is that if you walk up to them from a from a different standpoint, and I, I, I don't know if that's existed. I don't know if we've seen anybody um, approach college and university students and ask them about the jabs on the street, or do a quote-unquote Stephen Crowder, change my mind, the vaccines work kind of thing. I mean, he, he won't touch this issue. He won't do that. Stephen Crowder won't do that, and he won't do it because he'll get kicked off of YouTube. You see, even Stephen Crowder is a bit controlled. He's got to play ball also. It works for the blaze. There's only so far you can go, in particular on YouTube, before they, they cut you loose. So that right there, I think, is, is it's not something that I'm going to do. It's something I could very easily do. But I would, I, I'm afraid I would just scare the ever-living snot out of them to their faces. And, uh, and I don't, I, you know, don't want to get stabbed or, or have drinks thrown in my face. I'm not interested in that. But uh, it's alarming. It's alarming. The depopulation agenda here that exists is, is beyond alarming. So with all of that said, there's a particular section here of this book that I'm reading uh, and continue to read, which I've read portions of it in the past on the podcast, and it's titled That Difficult Piece" by Yost Mirlew. Um, again, I agree with much of what he says. From a historic standpoint, however, he gets a lot of history wrong. That's okay, um, I guess. But he bases, again, some of his, some of his writings on, on false history, which isn't great. But um, this is a particular portion that comes from a chapter titled The Fate of Man's Aggression, and it says the following. It says, quote, The caveman has appeared once more and stands scowling outside his cave club in hand, ready to defend himself against all dangers. Hunger cold, his fellow man, even his own sons are his potential enemies. Being a modern civilized citizen as well, as a savage man, as a savage, man has to face, in addition to external danger, innumerable internal dangers, dreams, doubts, fantasies, mysterious inner forces, good and evil spirits, which fill his soul with awe. Like his primitive brother, 20th century man is engaged in total war with the environment, but unlike his primitive brother, he also finds that he is constantly at war with himself. Obsessed as he is by vague interferes, he can find no real rest anywhere in the world. A secure material basis for his life has gone, dwindled away through a series of economic upheavals. The spiritual basis for his life has gradually been washed away by the advanced currents of mechanized science and fanatical ideologies. Even the air man breathes and the sky to which he turns his eye are no longer safe, for the winds may carry poisonous gases and the sky rains bombs. Treaties and promises are broken. Even the gods are changing under the impact of stronger fanatical suggestions. Civilized man, in our time, is conscious of only two alternatives. He can defend himself against these innumerable dangers, or he can submit passively to them. He evokes an ever-increasing amount of neurotic aggression and suspicion in an attempt to combat the ever-increasing dangers and frustrations. He cannot develop the potentialities of mind and body to the fullest for he is obliged to live always in a state of alert preparedness, though he often dreads to be aware of this. What a price mankind pays for the premature sapping of its powers, and for this constant burden of fear. Unquote. I can't tell you how prescient that is. This was written in 1961. If you can't see the parallels between that and what's going on today, then again, you're the, you're the very person that Dr. Merleau is is describing. The youth of today are just overwhelmed. Many of them are overwhelmed. Again, in particular, if they are forced by either their parents or whoever to enter these kinds of environments like K-12 schools, universities that have used coercion and all of these other horrific methods to get them to comply with countless things, not just the jabs, but with countless things. Again, sit here, say this, read this, don't touch that, walk here, go here. And oh, by the way, if you feel like you're a boy, then you can go in the boy's bathroom. And if you feel like a girl, uh, then you can go in the girl's bathroom, not to mention all the other perversions. And the simple fact, again, that you have. Elementary school-aged children who think that it's hip, jive, or cool to pretend that they're gay and just go home and just tell their parents these kinds of things or just associate with their friends who are walking around calling themselves pansexuals or whatever the hell they want to call themselves that day, like it's some kind of a club or a clique. This is a level of distraction that has a very nefarious end to it the means are bad enough but the end is the is the result is the same result for everyone um it's just a matter of again what leads a person to that end and how quickly do they reach that end and uh i think it's awful i think it's beyond awful again he, here's here's one last article that i want to read and this i'm revisiting a subject here so so bear with me although this is a new article uh regarding again the vaccinated quote unquote and how in fact they have compromised their immune system this too is another example of an article where if you were to print it off and hand it just slide it to you know a, a high school student or even a teacher or a school nurse as i brought up in the last episode and and have them look at this what would their reaction be you know you look at them and you say okay take a look at this Do you know that this is a thing? Do you know that this is going on? This comes from uncanceled.news and it's, this comes, it's from May May 9th. It says, quote, the title is, quote, U.S. ruling class data, fully vaccinated or developing AIDS. Again, think of, think of AIDS as, again, just having a compromised immune system. You have a permanently compromised immune system and then you have all of the health ramifications as a result which again, as I brought up, I believe last week, the business of uh, childhood hepatitis being a thing now. Well, that's liver failure. Liver failure as a result of what? Liver failure as a result of poison and injecting yourself with poison. It says the following, quote, even more data released from another ruling class, this time the United States, suggests that those who have taken both shots of the COVID-19 vaccine are developing acquired immunodeficiency syndrome. The official U.S. government data aligns with that of the United Kingdom, New Zealand, and New Zealand, which also shows people in those countries are getting AIDS after being injected. It says it doesn't just stop in those nations either. The government of Canada suggests that the vaccinated population within its borders are also developing the debilitating condition. It says it's a common misconception that acquired immunodeficiency syndrome, AIDS, A-I-D-S, is only caused by the HIV virus. Well, see, that right there proves that HIV isn't real. If acquired immunodeficiency syndrome is a weakening of your RNA DNA as a result of the poison that you put in your body compromising your immune system then HIV doesn't exist. There's no such thing. I mean they're basically proving it right here with that sentence. It continues though and it says but there are actually many other ways. There are actually many other ways humans can end up with AIDS. Injecting themselves repeatedly with a COVID-19 vaccine seems to be one of the ways to go about it. Acquired or secondary immunodeficiency is one of the major causes of infections in adults. These immunodeficiency disorders affect your immune system partially or as a whole, making your body an easy target for several diseases and infections. According to WebMD, When immunodeficiency disorders affect your immune system, your body can no longer fight bacteria and disease. Several factors in the environment can cause secondary immunodeficiency disorders. Data published by the U.S. government for the Center for Disease Control and Prevention strongly suggests that COVID-19 injections should be added to the list of things that can denigrate the human immune system resulting in AIDS. And it continues and continues and continues. It's a rather long article. And then again, endless charts as well. There are too many enemies here. There, there are too many enemies, and there are there are endless. As I brought up in the last episode, the the millions of people who have taken uh, one, two, or three or more doses of this are in the tens of millions. We're up, uh, upwards of over a hundred million. Well, I I'm going to get the number wrong, but I want to say it was 153 million had taken either one or two doses. Um. But again, many of those had said, well, they're not going to take a third. Well, damage done. The damage is done. So I think one of the things here that, that again, is really going to be interesting to, to pay attention to is, is during the summertime when students have some downtime, they still heavily lean on, in particular the ones that are glued to their cell phones or computers or whatever. There's, there's less distraction as a result of school not being open. We can only hope that that time period of having some less distraction in their life will maybe lead to a little more reflection and might even lead to them starting to recognize what's really going on in the world, and maybe even what they've done to themselves. Not that that's going to be a comfortable revelation for them. It certainly won't be. But it is still something that I, I hope occurs with individuals on their own time. Um, it's, it doesn't even have to necessarily be of their choosing. It could be something, again, that they hear About regarding one of their friends or one of their family members, you know, one of their friends fell ill or one of their family members fell ill, and they start to say to themselves, "Well, geez, this certainly seems a bit odd. They all took the shots, and now they're all falling ill in the middle of summer. Has that ever happened before?" You know, those are the kinds of questions I think that people are going to be faced with moving forward, and uh, in the long term ramifications of this, I think are are going to be indescribable. I, I really can't, I can't describe, I, th- I think, what's, what's, what's continuing to come down the line here. I will end with this, too. This was, again, another interesting thing, and, and I think more proof even that schools are bleeding money and bleeding enrollment and struggling financially, and it's this. There was a news report that came out the other day in Ohio That endless districts in Ohio are are considering going back to to pay-to-play, which again is, if your your children are playing a sport, they have to pay for it. That it's not free, and there might not even be some small initial fee, but that, that initial fee might be larger than it's ever been in the past. And it might be something where there are payment installments that take place over the course of that particular season or even that particular year where the student is again paying to try out, paying to practice, and paying to be on a team. This is just more proof that schools are losing money. They need the funds, they don't have it to support their own sports programs, so they need the parents to fork over their wallets. It's, it's all falling down here. You know, this isn't necessarily an upper episode. I fully understand that. No, no jokes in this one. But at the same time, I hope it's a thinker. And I hope people can start to make these connections and see the writing on the wall here. But again, I think the bright side in any of this, if there is a bright side, is that the downtime of summer in the minds of of these school-aged individuals, even the college and university students, I always pray that they walk away from their institutions and that they come to the realization again by just looking around, by doing the eye test, that their peers are no longer there. And maybe somebody puts a bug in their ear or plants a seed in their mind and says, you know, you can get this same degree online. You don't have to go back to that institution, wear a mask, and, uh, and watch a bunch of crazy people inside of a classroom tell you how to, how to live your life or how to think, you can actually do that on your own. I, I pray again that the downtime during summer brings people that kind of clarity, because if it does, it will be a good thing. It will certainly be a good thing. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless.